and we're recording. Hi, Millie. Hey, Marsh. Thank you so much for joining me on my very first Let's Talk series. Yeah, and congratulations to that. Thank you. So we're going to yeah. be talking beauty because you're my beauty guru. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, Millie, so tell me a little bit, how has this lockdown been for you? How has it affected your beauty regime? Has it brought some things to the surface? Like, I haven't been wearing any makeup, hardly any. I know, I feel like a lot of us haven't. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I feel like it's a good break for my skin, but I also haven't really noticed that much of a change to my complexion. I feel like mm -hmm. I'm just at a level where it's like I need to be using different products and targeting some areas of concern that I just haven't been. So mm -hmm. yeah, what's it been like for you? Um, honestly, I think that's, it's interesting because for some reason, I think before this whole lockdown started, I changed up my products I was using and I fixed a few things um, that I, I mean in my diet that I'll share with you. But uh, I've noticed a big difference because I'm not getting ready for work and putting makeup on. So there's really nothing other than my skincare on my face throughout the whole day. And I, I have to say my skin's a lot better. And I don't mind telling you about my whole like, uh, you know, early 30s acne journey, you know, <laughs> it's like it happens. Um, so for me, I think it's been a positive. Like I, I don't necessarily want to correlate the benefits of my skin with no makeup because the second things open up, I, I'd hope to be able to wear makeup. You mean you made me put makeup on today? So I feel yeah. pretty good about that. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of like beauty care, I've noticed the biggest difference for me is I am exploring new brands more and more. Like I'm really interested in the no, the new indie brands that like haven't made it to Sephora shelves or like those that are only sold in like specialty boutiques. And so yeah. I've been doing a lot of like scavenging, like just really trying to find like cool little gems. And it's no longer really the looking for what I want to target journey since I feel like I've done a, a bunch of that homework before. So now it's more like, how can I just find products that are fun that I've never heard about? And how can I create more of like a ritual process? And that's something I've noticed is happening more and more in, uh, in the reports and reading and things that are going on in the market. And I'm sure you, you probably feel it yourself, like especially because we're like so stressed right now. I think we're all trying to do that, the little bits of like positive rituals. And I think beauty is a big, you know, a, a big part of that. Yeah, I think um, the indie brands are so cool because so many people are doing the research and becoming way more aware and way more in tune with what's going on their skin and how that's being absor absorbed and the effects of it. So I know for me, the first was kind of like when Whole Foods opened up in Mississauga and I was like looking at their natural organic brands and this was so long ago. So I feel like the quality wasn't quite there, but what a great start you know like it was amazing and now i know a lot of products that come out of australia and new zealand and it's just so awesome um yeah. so on that yeah. note what are some things that are big skin no-nos for you like i'm pretty good about taking my makeup off before bed and if i'm yeah. super lazy i'll just use the wipes or i yeah. have like a little cloth um a reusable cloth that I just will wipe my face off with if I can't do the whole like 
cleanser and all that stuff, but what are some big no's for you that we can't yeah. go without? I think it's funny that you bring that up because I, it's such a given for me to like do that whole remove my makeup, even if it's five in the morning. Like I will, I can't fall asleep knowing that it's on my face and it I wake up and my mascara is like stuck to my eyelid and it's just awful. So knowing that before I go to bed, I'm like, I don't want to feel like that in the morning. So that always motivates me too. That's good that you have them on the side of your counter just to get rid of it. But I, I'll never forget my dad. I mean, I'm Eastern European and he came to Canada in, in, um, the, in the seventies. And I don't know how he would know this about makeup. Like there's no connection yeah. for me to assume that my dad would know anything. I don't know where he read about this, but he's like, do you know, if you don't take off your mascara at ages, like 40 years or something on your lashes, it's like just that whole process of sleeping with it at night. And I was like, <laughs> I must've been 12 or 13. And it's yeah, we do like dance competitions and we'd have makeup. And as a kid, you don't even, you don't care. Like you put a little bit of it on, you don't know what, you, what it is that you're putting on your face. First of all, which is, let's not go there and talk about non, you know, toxic beauty, but yeah, you also like sleep with it on. Cause you know, who cares? And, um, and, and you're young and you're not responsible and what, whatnot. And I remember my, my dad saying that and I was like, Oh my God, like I have to take this off my face. Like, what do you mean? It's going to age 40 years. Like it's my, what's going to happen to me? I love so, how yeah. the best beauty advice came from your dad. <laughs> I know, I know. And I just like, I don't even know where that came from. I should probably look it up and see what the truth is there. But um, a big no-no I have to say is, I think I, like many, and maybe you went down this path too, I got so excited about all the different acids coming out and all oh the different like, yeah. ways to like exfoliate your skin. And like, for me, with the assortment that was available, without the education, I was like, I'm, I need to try everything and, and nothing's too much. You can put a little bit of salicylic and top it up with like lactic acid and put this and that and that. And I completely disturbed my skin's barrier. So I, not only did I have sensitive skin starting out, but like I threw it out of complete whack. I think that my like hydration levels were like up and down. My like oil production was like up and down and I just caused havoc. And so I think a big no-no is experimenting way too much with acids. Sometimes you need to not only ease into it, but you don't need to do it every day unless you build up a tolerance. And then the other thing that really stuck out, I just listened to a podcast from um, Brick and Beauty. They were interviewing Dr. Dennis Gross. And the one thing that he said that really struck out was he said, you don't injure, well, This is I should have remembered and said it <laughs> prepared, but he said, you don't injure an organ for it to come back stronger and healthier. So like you don't injure your lungs for you to run a better marathon. Interesting. But uh, he's like, you don't injure your skin with an acid peel for it to come back healthier and stronger. There's a, there's a better way to do that without like completely damaging your skin. So um, I think that's a big no, no. So that whole acid story. And one thing to all my acne friends out there, anyone that's struggled with acne, oils. Like I had no idea before I had my first episode of acne, I was using all the best products I thought were amazing. And actually, um, I kind of want to, I want to say which brand I was the Kiehl's. Um, it was like that overnight serum in the blue bottle. I think you gave it to me. You you gave me this product. Oh my God. Yeah. And (laughs) (laughs) you are the culprit. 
Um, but it just didn't work well with my skin because I had naturally oil, oily, oily skin at the time and topping it off with something um, that that wasn't right for me at the time just caused more oil production. The one thing that I do, like I, I don't want to say oils are bad completely, but there's a, there's a time to use them. And I just didn't do it the right way. You need to make sure that you hydrate your skin. Oils will not necessarily hydrate the way that a water-based moisturizer will. You're actually hydration. You need to add that back into your skin, like hyaluronic acids and things that hold water weight that can add hydration back. If you don't do that and use oils as a hydrator, it, you, you're not really, for, from my understanding, you're not pulling any hydration out of that. You're pulling like good nutrients and I guess like the, like the subtlety of, of like adding fats to your skin. Yeah. And, and that's really great for some people um, that need that extra. But for me, it really wasn't because the background of acne is you already have oil ready there in your pores and, and just adding more is just not, not the way to go for me, I took it out of my regimen and, um, I did a lot better. So I remember that product and I don't think it sat well with me either. I think we have different skin types to begin with, but it had some ingredients in it that I later looked up that were just, albeit, even though they were natural, quote unquote, they aren't good for your skin. And some like, like had like, it, I felt like it was essentially like an essential oil that we put on our face. Like it just wasn't conducive. And I'd like to come back to not yet, but your acne story, if you care to share. Um, but such a good point about the acid no-nos. Like I went crazy. I feel like my skin, and it could be different now that I've entered 30, but like, I felt like my skin had such a high tolerance to sun, to the acids. Like I thought, I felt like nothing could like, absorb or anything so I like when I first found out about AHA BHA I was like loading it on and then after doing some research apparently it makes your skin very sensitive to the sun and I was like oh man and I don't wear SPF guilty um Mm -hmm. but I was just like I did get this sunspot and after doing research, I was like, oh my God, it was from that AHA that I sampled from Sephora. Like I, she gave me a generous little thing and I was just like every day putting it on, putting it on, putting it on. I ended up buying the product. Okay. Did you have to tell me that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just, okay. <laughs> That's okay. Well, it's fine. Okay. I ended up buying the product and using it responsibly, but uh, yeah, make sure before you put any of the serious peels, retinols, I don't know if, I think vitamin C might be in that category as well. Um, The vitamin C serums, be careful. Be careful. Yeah, Uh, I think everyone needs to do like a patch test and like a few week trial to see how it works with their skin for sure. Yeah, definitely. I patch test or hair dye test, I never do. I'm just like, Oh, put it all on. <laughs> um, with that being said, what are some products that you use that you would recommend? Um, so I guess like a skin routine, like what is your, whether you do it in the morning, I kind of do all this stuff at night because I think it all kind of absorbs at night. So it's like from, you know, start with the cleanser to like aging stuff or under eye creams, like let's hear it. 
Yeah, um, it's funny because it, if you asked me this like last year, I would have been like, okay, these 20 things is yeah. exactly, you need all these great things. Um, I was still learning what worked for me. So it's so funny when you're, you're like so hopeful when you're in like a state of despair of, of having bad skin where like the second something works, you don't know what helped you with your skin. It could have been one of the 20 things you're using exactly. or, it or your change of environment, or did you drink more water that week? Like you don't, you can't put it together. So that's why it's so, so tricky, but I would, um, I, I, I guess I, I'm glad to share that like the trends have changed. Obviously I think we're all kind of fed up with like having multiple products on our vanity and we just want to know like, how can I simplify my life, be good to my skin and like know the very simple, basic steps I need and the little extra special things that I could add during the week, masks, exfoliators, yada, yada, like all those special little things. So fun okay. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And what I would say is, I, I think it's really important to hands down have a really good cleanser and I'll explain why. And then I would definitely look into um, a, a good toner that helps, um, at least in my case, um, helps like continue cleansing your skin after you've washed it. And then I would look for some form of a booster that, that helps your skin concern if you're looking for hydration or it could be a vitamin C, um, which helps with brightness. It could be the different things that you're looking for. And then you end with a moisturizer. So really you could end, you could just use the three products or you can use the four if you like to use serums throughout the day um, and night. And um, the fun part about morning and evening routines is, um, now that I'm in my early 30s, I'm really looking at how do I preserve my skin health longer and what helps with that. And so that's how I play around with my serums morning or after morning or night. Um, the ones that I like to focus on in the morning are things that are um, antioxidant based or um, well, vitamin C is an antioxidant as well, but vitamin C or different types of antioxidants to help prepare my skin for all the the UVA, UVB stressors that you experience during the day when you're outside. It also helps, um, yeah, I guess it helps shield your face from all the damage that can come from the morning and the day. And then at night, I do restorative types of serums that are um, hydrating. So that's where you, I would use my hyaluronic acid, or I would look for like anti, like soft anti-aging products with different types of peptides. Um, yeah. Although, you know, vitamin C is really good to use morning or night. I just kind of, I like to switch it up. Yeah. Ooh, very, very cool. Um, yeah, I need like a whole <laughs> overhaul on mine. Uh, toners are very important. I didn't realize like, sometimes I spray a toner on and it almost feels like by the time I'm like finished up in the bathroom, I don't even have to moisturize. I don't know what they do or what they yeah. do like toners are still such an enigma for me, but I'm always on the hunt for a good toner. Yeah. Um, what There's has your great area for me? I'm still like, it's a good question. I, I'm like, I hope she doesn't ask me what a toner does, but <laughs> like, I have no um, idea what they do. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the way that I use a toner and the way that I've understood toners is, um, well, think about putting on your, your, um, your cleanser and not taking it off. So the benefits of the cleanser really is to remove your makeup and to like flush out your pores. At least for me, I don't like, 
it kind of, I like to feel like there's nothing on my skin. Yeah. And unfortunately that maybe is like stripping it of its natural oils, but like, I want to feel clean and then I'll put the moisture back into it. Um, but I feel like a toner after you've cleansed your skin, your skin is, it's free and fresh and open. And once you add that first product, like a toner, and for me, I use um, a really uh, soft salicylic acid by Paul's Choice. Um, I feel like I'm absorbing all of that goodness of the salicylic. And I, I just feel like that's maybe what toners are supposed to do. They're yeah, like, first that was sort of my understanding too. Um, depending on your cleansers, they really strip and some makeup is so stubborn. So finding the proper cleanser too uh, for your skin that so you don't feel like so tight after you've washed your face. And then with the toner, it like balances the pH of the skin perhaps, but yeah, that's well, are yeah. very, very important. Um, what's your journey been like? Um, with makeup? When did you start wearing makeup, skin? How was your skin in high school? All of that stuff. Yeah. Um, when did I start wearing makeup? Well, my, my mom was in the entertainment industry um, in former Yugoslavia. She was a, uh, she was a singer. So she was constantly performing in her late twenties to mid thirties. And it was just like, her closet was like, you could find any costume ever imaginable. Like they were different. When you guys post photos of her on Instagram, I'm like, I really hope she has these outfits and these sunglasses and these hats because they are so epic. (laughs) Yeah. Like she was such a diva. And it's like, I tell her all the time, like you were a superstar. You don't realize like you were a superstar. I'm not walking around with like these like, like amazing outfits you know we're like we're so we're so average these millennials like she they really had a different level but so granola um, compared to them sorry we're so granola compared to them yeah um yeah but she whenever she had friends over I remember like sitting in their in their laps and like going through their lipsticks and like picking lipsticks for them to put on me but it kind of stems from my mom introducing us to this whole routine of like beautifying yourself, like amplifying your beauty and like never stressed putting a lot of makeup on. Like we got, you know, um, like scolded to like not wear a lot of makeup because we were so young, but slowly when, um, we got into dance, we got different like concerts and things you'd have to prepare, like you'd have to get, you know, your face and hair done for your performances. And so that's, that's really the time that I started learning about it, but it was more of like a, okay, I have to do it versus I like this stuff. You know, I was only really interested when I was younger to like play around with lipsticks. Cause I think it was like, I felt like it was fun to open up those like mirror, those individual mirror yeah. cases, those lipstick cases like that. I was fascinated by that. Like a container with this like magical, like pink stick, like so cool. Um, but um, I only really started liking makeup as a form of expression in university with the, do you remember those Mac, um, electric, like metallic eyeliners? They were liquid liners. There was yeah. like a, an electric purple and blue and silver. I, yeah. I feel like they still have them. That's when I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to not wear anything on my face but this like stripe of blue or like stripe of 
of of purple. So it was very, it was like an artistic view completely. It was never to like conceal anything for the most part. We were young and had really great skin. Yeah. Um, we were, you know, I, I have a huge sports background, so it just never, like you don't put makeup on to go work out at that time, at, at that age. Things have changed. You know, our gyms look like, you know, people get ready to go to the gym, but um, that's another story. So yeah, I only really started liking makeup more of a form of expression in college. And then now I'm really liking makeup to help accentuate your, your natural skin and your, your natural glow and your features. Yeah. It's funny how it went from, you know, major contouring that I feel like high fashion has been doing like for years, like probably yeah. like eighties that I could, as far as I could think I can go back and directly after that it's very like enhancing your natural like it's it's so cool seeing the like heavy contour shaping shadowing highlighting to like a more natural you know maybe just like conceal and blush which is so so cool um yeah yeah i think I, go on no i it's so funny you say that like i'm so fortunate to have brought my skin to a state where I can do that now. And I remember being so furious watching like the nude sticks campaigns and like things where like, you just like blush it on and like touch a little bit and you look like you have perfect skin. And I was like, use people that have acne, show us how it can make us look yeah. like we have this amazing healthy skin while we're in this process of evolving our skin to that point. Like I felt alienated in a way where all I could do to help my skin look like that was to use the makeup that was intended to be heavy and cakey. And I never really found in that journey a brand that made me feel like I was doing something good for my skin and that it was natural. So, or that it made my skin look natural. Like you had to use like, you know, setting sprays and things to make it look like skin. Like, why did it have to do that? But um, yeah, I feel like I'm, I don't want to forget that there are people and at times I still have breakouts and, you know, and I, and I definitely struggled with all of that. Like it is not fun to not be able to find something that can, that's right for you in a market right now. That's just advertising healthy glowing skin, you know? Yeah. So interesting that you brought that up coming from someone that hasn't struggled. You know, I have breakouts and I do get the occasional, like, hormonal zit before my period and you know I'm 30 now so I'm like yeah whatever I'll just cover it up it is what it is but man do those things really like affect your self-esteem like guy or girl you know and thinking about it and try and putting myself in that position like your skin is already so vulnerable and like having this episode that now like, you know, an option isn't to hide, like you still have to exist, you still have to go to school, you still have to go to work, um, to put on something that's like essentially like the stage makeup, the thick, thick makeup is like, I feel like I'd be like lying to everybody because sometimes that skin, like if you've seen those crazy transformation videos online, like these people take their makeup off and they're unrecognizable with the makeup that they had on. That's yeah. probably something that I strayed from because it was just, I don't know, it felt like it'd be a lot of effort, but also it's like, what am I hiding? What am I really hiding under all of that makeup, you know, acne yeah. aside, but um, do you want to touch up on, you know, 
that whole journey. Like I remember you telling me and I was, I kind of thought it was over the phone. So I was like, she probably has yeah. like a fit and is freaking out. But I remember yeah. when like I saw it, I was like, Millie, this is no joke. What happened? I know what happened, right? Like family with no history of acne, like hadn't had a speck of it until my late twenties. And I think that what I realized from all that and, and why my skin's a lot better now is I think I don't want to blame it on stress because it's really, it's really, I, and I hate hearing that when someone's like, well, you're, you broke out because you're, you're stressed and it's your fault that you're stressed and you're, it's your fault that your skin's like that. Cause it's all your, you, it's all your fault that you created your stress, you know, like control your stress, meditate, drink some water, go on a walk. It'll go away. Like that's not, that's not how it works. You know, like I feel like it plays a part in potentially, and this is, please for another conversation there's a lot to discuss this is like my favorite thing to talk about the journey of understanding your gut flora and yeah. what happens when you get stressed out and you disturb your balance and your enzymes and how you can't digest food properly like i and marcia knows this loved and i still if i could do it today i would but i'm not going to revisit that ever again i would eat almond butter with a spoon love the shit out of almond butter. My favorite thing. Or on everything. <laughs> but turns out, and that's, and that's sunflower seed butter. Remember, we ate a bunch of that too. I so still am. Yeah, like, but I mean, you ate it. You were fine. Why wasn't I okay? Like, <laughs> I loved this thing. I was switching to a more vegan diet, exploring, exploring with butters. Like, you know, I didn't really like peanut butter as a kid ever, yeah. but the second all these alternative milks started coming out, different butters, I was like all about exploring that and, and embracing it for all of like the benefits of the, um, the omegas it has and whatnot. Yeah. And essentially I, I feel like this, I had a, a change of environment. I stopped playing professional tennis and went, went to do my MBA. So it went from like four hours of being active to like five hours of sitting in a classroom. So like, not only, I feel like that disturbed my balance and potentially caused some stress, but I think that the coping with like leaving my sport and my ambition to be professional tennis player caused just some healing I had to do in general. And that as a form of stress potentially had like disturbed my balance in my gut for me not to be able to, di to digest all these new foods I was introducing, all these nuts that are really high in great things, but also really high in, they're like, they're carcinogenic at the end of the day, roasted almonds. Like, I mean, I guess like anything raw is better than roasted, but regardless, like my, my gut couldn't digest some of these things I was adding. Coffee was a big thing. Almond butter. Like, I think I was eating like more eggs than before too. And somehow talking to my naturopath, which I recommend anyone that's struggling with acne, please go see a naturopath and try to understand what foods are disrupting, disrupting your, your system and try to work on an, an elimination diet to figure out what it is that's causing, that potentially could be causing your acne through food. But what I had discovered was all the foods that I was adding into this um, vegan slash vegan diet um, at, at the beginning stages, the vegan diet, yeah. I wasn't responding well with digesting that. I kind of stepped off of the vegan veganism, started exploring foods again, was eating eggs a lot and eggs wasn't helping it either. So I was like, well, it's, it's not the vegan food and it's not the normal food. And I just have this like fucked up system, excuse my French. And what I found was I just, from the, 
I guess like the, the, the stress in general, but then the learning how to digest those foods. I just like kind of, I had to start from scratch and rebuild my gut flora properly yeah. and add the proper enzymes to digest that. Um, I'm at a point today where I can have egg in my food and not break out immediately the next day and drink coffee um, without breaking out, which those two things, those were like immediate triggers. Like the next day, cystic acne, 100%. Wow. So I feel like if anyone's resonating with some of the things I'm saying, like heavy nut diet, eggs and coffee, like if you can work on just eliminating those to help your body like cool it for a second and like add some great enzymes and, and um, digestive enzymes and work on like super high potent like probiotics, get your gut level in check and start introducing some of those products again, those food products, see if you're all right. That could have been, you know, that was the answer for me. And those um, are not culprits that people usually go to. Like I know eggs, there's egg sensitivities, but for me, um, I was off of dairy for like a few months. Um, yeah. Just intuitively, like my whole journey with diet and that's a separate conversation altogether, it's all been intuitive. Um, but I was like, I'm going to cut out cheese. It's just not feeling right. It's too heavy. I feel in eh, after few months passed by and I saw like, I think I was at Trader Joe's and I saw a wedge of cheese that I loved and I bought it, had some, the next day I had like a cystic pimple and I was like, mother, it's, it's the dairy. And I would have never pegged it. I always would have been like, yeah. you know, it's hormonal, it's that time of the month, whatever, but nut butters and fats, you know, if they just don't work for you. And what's so great about elimination diet is you know right away what it is. Like, let's not yeah. even cover, you know, the processed foods and the fried foods and the chips and that stuff. Like that just anyways, let's we all know those aren't good for you. But something like an almond butter, which you find in smoothies, which are like at natural health food stores. So not knocking almond butter, but if it doesn't work for you and you don't know and you keep ingesting it, it's gonna manifest in really weird ways. Yeah, it has something to do with for me at least it was the digestion of the omega-6s so like anything that was heavy rich in that type of fat it just potentially i it could have take it just maybe took longer to digest or um the one thing that i that i'm not an expert in but was reading up on is that when you when you get to a point of digesting uh, and you can't digest it any further and excuse me for butchering all the science here but something about the toxins that are not being filtered through your different, like your, your intestines and, and organs, it yeah. can seep into your blood. And when you have, and which you, you can live with, you can live with like some bacteria and like toxins yeah. in your blood. I mean, like leaky gut syndrome, you know, like when you, yeah. yeah. And, and what I learned with that in correlation to acne was that once that bacteria is flowing in your blood and it hits a pore filled with oil, like an oil, like a pour with the base of oil, bacteria needs oil to react, or like a pimple needs the combination of bacteria hits oil. So either it's like you're dirty on your face, or it's like internal, which is crazy because you're like, I had I was at a point where I was like, dude, I, I'm not putting I don't know what on my face. I it is clean, I exfoliate, it is nothing's, you know, it couldn't be cleaner. Yeah. But the internal portion of like that bacteria is hitting the natural oil in your skin and it can react and which is why a lot of acne products 
strip oil from your face, which, you know, could lead to other disturb, like other like skin disruptions where you're producing too much oil because you have no natural barrier and your skin's freaking out that it doesn't have oil on it, like natural moisture. So it's just overproduced. And it's so acne is such a constant balance of like stripping the oil, added, adding it back on. So you have like a balance and balanced skin does not break out. So yeah. like topically you have to do your job, but sometimes it happens like internally too, where you have to control what it is that you're eating that's causing. I, I mean, it might like right to say like excessive bacteria like I don't know for me that's what it was like I was not digesting it and somehow it was it was my body was treating it as a toxin releasing it through my blood and the way that your body gets rid of it is like through your pores and then that's you know that's how I got acne. This game over so so then you would agree that your diet definitely has a course correlation with your skin health. Yeah I would Uh, for me I think it's like I think I don't know if I would call it like 70, 30 diet to proper skincare, but I think that's fair to say. And of course, you know, stress does impact it. I hate to accuse stress, like I said, to bad skin, but um, like, you know, I I see people that are stressed and have great skin. So I I can't really say like that it's, if someone should really be, um, you know, like made feel like horrible if if they're stressing a few, you know, few days a week or month or whatever right but I think diet more so than skincare for sure yeah yeah that makes sense um yeah yeah, it's 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 never just one thing it all all these things kind of work together and it kind of goes back to knowing you and being aware and kind of listening to your body, whether it's a zit, whether it's exhaustion, whether it's stress. And I think it all goes back to like slowing down, be conscious of what you're eating, be conscious of what you're putting on your face and, you know, just treat your body with love, right? (laughs) Like it really goes back to those simple rules, you know, research and just put in an effort. Like you're in this body for X amount of years, like have fun with it too. Um, how does, you know, we're in summer right now here in the Northern hemisphere, as opposed to Australians who are like having winter right now, which is so weird. That looks pretty good. Let's be honest. I know. (laughs) I know. Um, SPFs, are you using them? What do you think about them? Um, you know, people swear by it. I I was in Cuba in September and didn't put a lick of it on. I'm terrified when I turn 60, it's all going to just like overnight happen. But yeah. It's so, it's, yeah. Um, it, when I look at the types of sunscreens we've been using throughout our, our childhood, adolescence, and even even those that we gravitate to for like traveling and, you know, the the spray sunscreens and things. I wish I knew what I knew about sunscreen now, then. Um, I can't say that I've uh, damaged my skin from it, um, but I have a bit of sun damage. I was um, you know, a, a college tennis player, played on the tour a little bit after, and I, I was in the sun. You're sweating, you're wiping your face off. Whatever sunscreen you put on, is it's not always on your face. You reapply as much as you can, but ultimately you are there burning, you're burning your skin. You're wearing a hat, but you are, you are burning your skin. So sun, protecting yourself from the sun is really important 
to me and I'm realizing it now and at this younger stage because I am starting to notice signs of melasma, which is um, like basically the your certain skin cells um, um, react to the sun by like tanning faster than other cells because it's trying to protect yourself from the sun since it's had like multiple episodes of damage um there are other reasons why melasma happens it could be hormonal people get it when they're pregnant um and just like different life stages Um, but for me i because of the acne i went through a few stages of like doing peels chemical peels um and uh i from talking to dermatologists now sometimes the bad like the bad side to peels is that it can bring some of the history of like sun damage to the surface because these are it doesn't always appear at a younger state it usually appears when you're older and because of it causing more cell turnover to get rid of the acne scarring i pulled it to the surface a bit prematurely so i use spf um, with a strong uva uvb um that's a a mineral sunscreen versus chemical because a mineral sunscreen will cause a, a reflector like a kind of like gets the sun to ricochet off your face versus a sun a chemical sunscreen will absorb the rays and so if you have the pigmentation it can still get darker you can get protected from burning but your um it's not reflected your skin absorbs it so it could get darker i'm not saying that with mineral sunscreen you won't experience a little bit of that because you're even the virtue of your skin being around heat can activate it too for it to get darker Um, it it also subsides when you're in the shade and whatnot but um it's important it's important to, to not cause any further skin damage at least in my case i'm super like like super strict with sunscreen for myself so you want to make sure that your sunscreens have both uva a for aging and UVB B for burning to help you know protect your skin from the like the DNA damage that happens when you burn it. Like we're young enough that when and and our bodies are resilient enough that when you get, burn your skin, you'll have cell turnover and like you'll refresh your skin. Yeah. Um, but what happens also and why UVA is important too is um, you're helping fight off the basically the like oxidative stressors that happen to your skin when you're out in the sun, you collect, you can, I I may be butchering it here too, but like when you're in the sun, um, you, there are, you basically accumulate like free radicals on your skin that over time can bind to healthy skin cells and damage them. And so then you're, you're actually propelling a chain, like a chain reaction of like damaging skin cells. So, you know, the, the UVA, I guess like it, it should help like stop that oxidative damage but this is also where like the conversation for like healthy skin and sun care should lead into antioxidants and using your vitamin c's and your heavy antioxidants um to help like pry off those free radicals and like let your skin cells be from the healthy cells yeah yeah basically very cool very cool yeah but yes i you yes you you need a good mineral sunscreen that doesn't leave white streaks if you're looking for mineral sunscreen make sure that it has 
uh, titanium oxide or zinc oxide on the back as active ingredients. Try to avoid chemical sunscreens. This is one thing that um, I learned again from that podcast with Dr. Dr. Dennis Gross from- Which we're going to uh, link in the description below. Absolutely. I was so, I learned so much there and I, it kind of blew me away because I thought I was, I knew about sunscreen until um, he talked about it a little bit further. And chemical sunscreens aren't um, even- I'll save it. I'll save it for the podcast. But I remember leaving the podcast and thinking, like, he he just he shared a bit of how the the dose that's approved today that's we can find in our products actually re, most recently the FDA has um, acknowledged that that percentage of chemical in the sunscreen is isn't really isn't good for you. Like it's absorbed much more and much quicker than they had i guess tested prior like it's just there's an evolution now on what what's allowed in a chemical sunscreen so by all means avoid it and um the sunscreen i recommend to use is um it's called elta md um i learned about it in los angeles but it's sold in dermatologist clinics and i think you can find it online also very cool yeah we'll also link that too and um you wear that underneath your makeup I do. Yeah. I add it on as a, as a second moisturizer. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so we touched on it very briefly in the beginning on like, you know, makeup, the organics, the naturals, the clean ingredients, even to like the contours to a more like enhance your beauty. Um, what do you think, or how do you see the future of makeup? Um, and what are some changes that you personally would like to see being in the industry? Yeah, I um, I see kind of I see a lot of the categories kind of mirroring um, skincare in general. So not only makeup, but I see the change in hair care and body care, where we've gone to a point where we're all now fairly we're either entering in the journey of skin intelligence or we're like super skin savvy. Like we understand when to use an exfoliator, what it does, what different acids can do for you, the difference between like a BHA, AHA, like these are common things that we hear now. Yeah. By no means are we like experts, but at least we like pretend to be and we know (laughs) what we should be using. But um, I think that what's happening now is not only is like no makeup makeup happening because there's such a stress in skincare to like have healthy skin. So of course, I feel like you're going to have your Insta glamours, we call them, like those that will do those tutorials and like are heavy into the art of makeup and make and 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 like all the different um like tricks and emerging color te- like different techniques for sure. Yeah. And that shouldn't go away. And that's also like the line of makeup and like the, the line of like expression that I that brought me into makeup. I thought it was really cool to learn how to like draw on your face which was really the origin of me even having an interest but um on the other hand I feel like people are trying to continue their no makeup makeup looks into their makeup looks so like any makeup that can help amplify the benefits they're wishing they're you know they're working towards with their skincare products that's really going to happen you see a lot of brands now coming out with it's called skincare makeup so like minimalist makeup that mirrors either benefits of skincare or that really is just like the no makeup makeup look making you look like you've got like a JLo glow and just naturally look flawless those skin ben those the skin based products like your concealers and foundations will keep evolving evolving to have amazing technology to color match a lot 
lot quicker because a lot of brands are going into like strong um, direct-to-consumer channels so we won't even have a chance to try them especially with like things shutting down and Sephora not having samples right um brands um learn that learn how to evolve their skin matching technologies with their foundations and concealers have um a big opportunity to win because like I said, I think that the base of like a, a flawless complexion will never go away. Yeah. Um, but I also see that skincare um, angle getting introduced in hair care where we're seeing like uh, salicylic acid and different scrubs and detoxes um, for your scalp uh, prior to washing your hair or different boosters you add to your shampoos and conditioners to help um, like boost your scalp health. Because once your scalp health Hence, like your skin is healthy, your hair has a better benefit. So this, like the connection of skin is like throughout all categories and body care, body care as well. Your, you know, the whole theory and, and science behind your, the, the damage, the oxidative damage we endure from the sun on our body, on our different, on our limbs. We like neglect those parts of our bodies. I don't know. I remember the last time I put sunscreen on my legs. And yeah. then what do I get now? I'm like, I don't want wrinkly knees or like, I don't want like sunspots on my legs, on my calves, on my ankles. Like I now put sunscreen on my body knowing that it's safe for me if I use mineral, but also like you're, you're trying to treat your whole skin organ as one, not just like, okay, my face is my main priority. It's like, no, your whole yeah. body is, is your priority. So makeup is probably going to like other categories really show a lot more signs of skincare I feel yeah yeah that's awesome um I love where makeup is now and you know all the companies that are out there and everything that they offer it's so exciting to try new things and the foundations like like there's like a setting concealer where it's like you don't need the powder anymore the concealer does it itself or there's like yeah the the emergence of the bb creams and the tinted moisturizers i'm still such a fan of those like so cool um that technology just you know it could be light coverage it could be medium coverage you can layer it you could add this you could add that it's like it's endless and the multi-use um sticks blush lipstick you know i'm seeing youtubers now even putting blush on their eyelids like just yeah. making it all look like even normal natural clean fresh um multi-use products i feel like they're just so easy i find that um i no matter where i go if i have to travel and not take all my makeup with me i take care of like definitely my my concealer that i i also do like um I feel like a lot of people do this too. Instead of having a foundation, let's say your skin is going through a good phase and you don't need a lot of coverage. I feel content just with a concealer. I almost like use a concealer like a foundation, really. Yeah. I, I have a good moisturizer. I, I add these like, I add um, a little bit of like bronzer to my moisturizer and have and add like a bit of shine to my face. But then I use like my concealer for like spots and areas where I just may want to conceal something. So I, I don't feel like I'm wearing a lot of makeup on my face, but yet I am using it in fact. And then those double, the dual like cheek, lip, eye combos, you need like a handful of those. And I don't feel like you need to buy many products, you know, they're just, they're, they're on the go and like multi-use. Yeah. Cause so when you're traveling, like my makeup bag, I don't even 
I just throw it in and it's like three pounds of weight in there. I didn't need to bring like two eyeshadow palettes. Like it's, um, yeah. I wish they had like an eyeshadow that could like an eyeshadow one or two compacts that could like morph into different colors. Cause a palette is so hard and clunky to take with you. I also feel guilty if I bring a palette, if I travel, if it like bends out of shape and I break the yeah uh, the little palettes, right? And then you always end up using like a few of the shades in there and then there's that one that like you never touched. <laughs> um, well, Millie, this was so awesome. Yeah. I had so much fun chatting with you. Honestly, me too. This is, we should just like, we should. This is going to be a thing now. Let's just talk like this. We don't hang out as much as we'd like to anyway. So why don't we just meet on Zoom and just have, you know. Just have these conversations. Pick a topic. Up. Yeah, this is why I always wanted to start a podcast. But it gets so daunting when you're like, you need this, you need that. Soundproof room. And I was like, where do I have space for a soundproof room? Like, what the hell? But yeah. When you just do and when you just start and take the first step forward, magic happens. Yeah. Um, well, this is really fun. I, I appreciate you um, asking me all these questions. Like I said, I'm no way, shape, or form to your viewers um, an expert, but um, I know a few things. So all the links that I mentioned and all the information that I probably butchered that I know where I found, I will give you those links so they can look for it. <laughs> oh my God, you're so sweet. It's real. And you know, the science is changing all the time. And I think sometimes more so than science, there should be a science of just through experience as well, because our bodies are so different and they react to different things. And sometimes science says this works and it doesn't. And then science has to tell you why it doesn't work. So don't worry too much about those facts. Um, but yeah, take everything with a grain of salt from anybody, yeah. science, doctors, whomever, you be your own scientist, follow your gut. That's right. I love you so much. Yeah, I love you too. Chat with you later. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Ciao. Bye. Okay, wait, don't hang up. <laughs> okay. I, so it says that it was recording. Stop recording. I just want to know where it saves.